Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Gnarly Gnome. This is also Cincy Brewcast. Um, I say it every week, but hopefully you know what you're listening to because you have to click on things to get podcasts to play, so it seems weird to tell you what you just clicked on when it probably says it and there's a picture and all kinds of fun stuff to make it easier for you. There we go. Now my mic's higher. Uh, we are coming at you on location from UC. This is uh, definitely a first for the show and probably... I don't know, the first for just about any beer podcast that I can think of. We're tailgating. Like, literally, we're set up underneath of a nice little canopy with a fold-up table, sitting in some bag chairs. <laughs> this is uh, this is pretty cool. I'm joined by the Beer Cat. Um, Hello. Anybody kind of floats around on Cincinnati Beer social media, I'm sure they've seen you chiming in here and there. Um, you are a... What do you... How do you... Consider yourself a beer bear cat. I am sort. I have sort of a, a niche audience where if you are a fan of the UC Bearcats and also enjoy good beer, go Bearcats is the place for you. Absolutely, that's, that's a good way to put it. Uh, is there anybody that is a fan of the Bearcats that is not also a fan of good beer? I think that's like a prerequisite with Cincinnati sports. It should for be. For multiple reasons. Uh, if you are enrolled in the university, though, they do that's like to chug their natties. That's, that's, that's so, true. Uh, I was guilty of that as well. I feel like they could make a switch, and we'll, we'll get to all of this. I feel it's like just the phase. It is. I feel, just I feel the like there's, there's starting to become more options if, if cheap, light beer is what you're looking for. You know, you've got some other stuff coming out recently with garage beer and cheetah and things like that that are... A little more budget friendly and uh, uh, flavor friendly. Is that a good one? <laughs> um, joined by a couple people from Taft's Alehouse too. I think you guys have both made appearances on the show, um, but it's been a while. Um, Colin, you I don't think have been on the show since you were since the since the collaboration. That's right uh, at, at Ryan guys back in the day. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and Patrick, you. Hey. You joined us on the show on a show that I don't think technically exists anymore because it disappeared and is gone. Yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> the, that. <laughs> it was a really good show, though. I promise. <laughs> um, but that's that's also kind of fun because we can dig into Taft's a little bit, um, talk about what you guys have going on because I feel like this last year has been insane for the brewery. Oh yeah, lots of stuff going on. Uh-huh. There we go. Tail, tailgating sounds. <laughs> we are set up right as the team is to enter the stadium. Right. They will come right by here. That'll so be. people get pretty amped up for that. <laughs> oh, and there's the Bearcat himself. A he little, is looking dapper. Why is he so dressed up? Um, Coming from a job interview, maybe? So my favorite Bearcats game I ever went to was probably uh, three or four years ago. It was... Uh, the last game of the season, I believe, and it snowed um, like crazy, and everybody was hanging out, everybody was having a good time, and the Bearcats decided to throw a snowball at a police officer. Oh, yeah. that, yes. <laughs> and the Bearcat got arrested. Speaking of the devil. <laughs> I, was, I was in attendance that game as well, in the student section. The uh, Bearcat. He... That also made ESPN. We, we, lo- should, we, we lost that game, on video. but the Bearcat getting arrested made the top 10 a, play of the game. It was a really fun game. I, the snow kind of adds to it. There's there's a lot that's to be said about football on a nice sunny day like this where it's nice and warm and uh, a little more comfortable. Um, but there's something also about those cold, snowy, 
miserable games too. They're just they're fun. On a hot yeah. day like this, I'll take that cold snowy day. Um, I'm kind of done with summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying that yet because I know as soon as it starts getting cold, I'm like, man, I wish wish it was summer again. Uh, we need to start the show the way we always start the show. We need to have a drink. From the beer fridge. Um, it looks like almost all of us are drinking the same thing, except for the beer cat. The beer cat is. Uh, Kicking things into uh, a higher gear. Um, Got the nebulosity. <laughs> I do. Um, the rest of us are drinking Nellies because it's hot and sunny, and we need to refresh ourselves. Um, let's 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 talk about that one though. Um, a hazy IPA, not necessarily a New England. It's kind of that in-between style. Still has a little bit of hop bitterness going on, but not in your face, not over the top. Um, tell me about the beer. Um, we uh, we did this batch at the Brewporium, so on the on the big BrowCon system. Um, we've been kind of tackling that conversation for the last uh, month or so about just um, do we want to do we want juicy IPAs? Do we want hazy IPAs? What's really the market asking for? Do they just want more hop punch? Do they want more hop flavor? Does the does the cloudiness really impart? something that the customer is really looking for in that regard so and with a lot of the conversations that we're having with brewers across the um, the city as well as just articles that we're reading uh, across the country it's it's just kind of this uh, it seems like this very hit or miss thing when you're trying to impart that haze but the overall profile of the beer should be that juicy quality that you really get, that, that little bit more of that um, flavorful and aromatic punch that you get out of the IPAs. So. Is, is the haze just an aesthetic thing, or is there something that, you know, is it is it some kind of, uh, you know, when you when you dry hop the shit out of something, there's going to be some haze? Like, what 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 is with the haze? I mean, Patrick and I have literally been talking about this in our office for like the last uh, last week or so, and just the sense of like um, it really comes down to a, a, a molecular chemistry of just like proteins and amino acids bonding together and wanting to have this this relationship. And there's been times where we've brewed beers that that have seemed like the haze was there and the all the punch was there and then we do it in that same replication and then it seems like the beer comes out brilliant as well and it's just kind of that head scratcher of just like this is kind of a, a brewer's anomaly that everybody's really still bringing in their conversations as their practices and techniques as to how to go about that kind of thing so if you filter the crap out of it and hold some of that haze out would it still have that same kind of Juiciness if we were to like, filter that... it, we'd be going against the grain. It's, I mean, right. in, in a sense of the word. Um, and we don't have a filter. Yeah, and we don't have a filter, right. So um, the idea is to leave as much uh, in suspension, uh, as much yeast in that that kind of that bonding agent that the, uh, it, again, it, we've we've been kind of going like, what is it that really keeps that stabilized haze? And right. is it a, a certain mash profile? Is it a certain uh, dry hopping technique? Is it a certain yeast profile that likes to stay in suspension and, and not flocculate out kind of thing? So um, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a fun challenge and regardless of the results of the haze, um, we've been getting great feedback as to how the quality of the beer has been taken care of. So we don't want to necessarily mislead the public by being like, oh, it's not as hazy as X beer or Y beer. But at the same time, the, the beer itself um, still comes out as 
Uh, you're getting the hot flavor you want. You're getting the bitterness that you want, but palate is preference, so that's kind of that's kind of relative as well. So. And I guess like my my question, you hear a lot of people talk about you know New England's or hazy IPAs, and you know it's a gimmick. It's a you know whatever. The haze is just there because it looks like juice in a glass, and people you know are flocking to that. Um, kind of like the whole you know the glitter beer thing that's happening yeah. too. It's completely aesthetic, and, you know, and, and I, I can't figure out where the haze is, is fitting in there. I don't know, um, but I guess it's more of a result from something else that you're trying to create in the beer. Is that a good way to put it? That the haze sometimes then is a part of that. It almost seems sense? like the haze is becoming a byproduct of the result, but at right. the same time, we're as brewers on a scientific sense we're trying to figure out how to consistently make that haze stable so that it doesn't drop out like a hefeweizen over time where it's just like oh hefeweizen can be cloudy when it's super fresh but if you've got it three months down the line in a bottle all that could eventually settle out so it's 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 very interesting um it to kind of continue the conversation and that's kind of what craft brewing is is just taking techniques trying them on your system after hearing it from somebody else's product and their system and just kind of getting an idea of like can we execute it this way but we um, there's an article in this magazine called New Brewer and it's it's literally juicy or hazy IPA and it kind of just goes about like what is the point of this accomplishment is it just for the haze or is it just to intensify that hop flavor and that juiciness that you'd be able to get out of a beer so and it's kind of mind-blowing to me too that here we are in the history of brewing you know how many thousands of years since beer first started being brewed and there are still things that people are discovering or figuring out or you know I, I, you know, uncovering, I guess, you know, like, you know, little things and then they're like, oh, well, this is, this is neat. And then digging into that and exploring that things that, you know. That's what makes how it so is awesome. It, how yeah. is it, how are we yeah. still doing that? Like, how is that possible? But I, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I like the idea of the fact that, uh, you know, as, as much as we are brewers and in a sense like we we have to take it to a, to a scientific level for right. sure and and kind of just go and and the one thing about our uh, the nebulosity that we really like is that it for us as brewers we really much appreciate that that i guess lighter haze that you can get out of the beer but it has that uh, very nice subtle flavor the bitterness isn't too brash and it drinks very very uh, very well it, and it's not for me personally i feel like certain hazy ipas can become muddy and kind of more more yeasty in that sense and i like the fact that it has that kind of unfiltered haze presence to it but it doesn't have that like probiotic core if you will well and that's you know i i've probably said it on the show before that one of my gripes about a lot of the new england ipas is that i i can't drink more than 16 ounces of it if that like it just doesn't it doesn't sit like it sits too heavy with me and it doesn't Completely unlike Hefeweizen. I can drink Hefeweizen all day. So there's something about that. Just that full body to it. Yeah, there's, you know, it's it's not that it's, it's not the, it's not the haze. <laughs> it's something else. Like, there's just something about it that just, for a lot of them. But then I think as people are getting comfortable with the fact that it is a style and it does exist, and they're starting to push it into these other realms, like Nebulosity, I think uh, um, I think it's, it's more fun for me because it falls back into the IPA category a little bit more than the, the hazy category. Sure. I agree. Let's talk about Nellie's a little bit. We've 
Um, we've probably talked about Nelly's on the show at some point. We've probably drank this beer on the show at some point. But to me, it's one of those really, really good hot weather beers. Um, it's been here since the start of Taft's. Um, I feel like it's changed a little bit in that time, uh, lightened up a little bit maybe. Um, fit in, you know, it's key lime beers. There were not that many at the time. Now there's quite a few around Cincinnati that have these very different characters, and this one has found its own little niche as far as um, what it means to be a key lime beer. It's uh, perfect kayak beer, in my opinion. <laughs> Perfect tailgating beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially on a hot day like this. Um, fantastic. It's, it's it's light. It's easy drinking with just that little kiss of lime to it, just enough that um, makes it a little more refreshing. It doesn't come off as too fruity, which I know a lot of people are either in love with fruit beers or hate fruit beers. Yeah. This is that nice little in-between of still got some fruit, but you're not drinking a Bud Light lime. You yeah. know. Great beer. Um, let's talk about taps. Uh, the last year or two has been kind of crazy um, looking at what's been going on with the brewery I think um, quality and consistency has kind of has, has exploded a little bit I guess is a, well I guess he shouldn't use that shouldn't use the word has exploded with quality and consistent with the <laughs> current way things go and craft beer but um, has has improved uh, tenfold, I think you know, moving into the the Brewporium has been wonderful for Taps. Um, talk about a little bit of that, that that growth for you guys and what it's been like watching it. I know you guys have both um, been at other breweries around town and kind of watched how how they handled growth. And um, Taps is definitely a very different beast than all of those places you guys have been. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's been great. Uh, Jared, our head brewer, has handled it awesomely. Um, Brian Blanford, the lead brewer at the Ale House, uh, who works closely with Jared most days. Um, they've just been killing it over there and made it a pretty smooth transition. Um, what are what are some of the difficult things about working in a um, uh, high capacity environment like that? I mean, it's definitely um, it's a machine. It puts out a lot of beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they handle most of that. Uh, Colin and I are pretty much strictly at the Ale House, so except for when we go over. Stuff? Oh, yeah. They, they took pretty much all the um, core brands from us, so all we do is the fun stuff, the test batching, you know, the smaller rotating seasons. Right. Um, what, what stuff has gotten you excited lately on that front? Uh, working on the, the hazy, juicy IPAs. Um, put more research into that style than any other um you know it was never our uh forte i guess um i would say we are very good at brewing pretty much all styles but um especially our loggers have guys, been very good you guys have brewed a couple pretty good loggers i guess you could say yeah oh, maybe yeah. one or two <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know yeah don't let the yellow house name fool you like we, we do some really fantastic logger and beers um, as well so you guys are medal winners with gustav yes um fantastic vienna lager the style that everybody says nobody cares about yet for some reason well we do. it seems like everybody well, that's we very it, much it do. seems like everybody does care about it you know when you when you look at the stats everybody keeps saying well all right this is this is what's popular this is what's not popular and then you've got people putting out these things and 
they're fantastic. They are dead-on style representations for what it's supposed to be. And I don't know if Cincinnati is a weird anomaly as far as beer drinkers go, but it seems like people are flocking to those things here. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what that looks like on the West Coast or you know, the Far East Coast. Or well, something. I think our German heritage here, you know, it's kind of people going back to their roots a little bit. And and really, we always call it like a brewer's beer. Uh, same with our Taft's Pills. Um, absolutely love those beers. After a shift, you know, it, it's still tasty, holds my interest, but I don't have to think about it too much. It's not a, you know, a big beer that's going to rip your palate apart right. or, you know, anything goofy with it. It's just a well-made beer. Well, there's there's something really fun, too. Like, if that's, if that's your first beer of the day and you sit down and you crack it open, there is a huge depth of flavor there that, oh, yeah. you know, maybe if you drink a few nebulosities, you, you might not catch, but oh, yeah. um, it, there's there, there's a lot going on there, and I, it's one of my favorite things is to, you know, sit there and dive into a Pilsner or, you know, a lager or something like that as the first one of the day. With a fresh it, palate. It, um, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing when you start to see the little things in there that, you know, are also so easy to lose when you want to lose them. Like, you know, if you want to be hanging out at a tailgate and crack a few of those and just you know, pound them down, they go down really good. <laughs> so it's, that they do. It's a, it's a neat kind of in-between um, area. Are we going to see Gustav in cans, like, in the near future? Like, early October-ish or so? Are you guys allowed to say anything? Because um, I heard rumors. <laughs> no comment at the time. We are working on seeing if we can uh, accomplish that, but... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of above our pay grade to, right. to speak on because we're uh, letting marketing and um, and those, the head brewers kind of determine whether that's going to be the factor or not. So we're going into um, Great American Beer Festival next weekend, uh, and again, Gustav's we're we're hoping can be a metal contender with the batch that we've just released. So we're uh, we're just looking forward to that right now, and then um, if that continues to get. Um, metal credentials, then we can take that take that package further than just draft. So. It, would, it would look really cool with a gold topped can uh, for the gold medal that it's going to win, or like a gold <laughs> pack tech or something. Yeah, That'd be yeah, really cool. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Just gold koozies. Just put it in gold koozies. <laughs> there we yeah. go. You would have to have every six pack come with a couple koozies on it, though. I don't want to jinx it, though. This was the first Gustav I was a part of of, of that uh, that brewing procedure, so I, I'm just kind of like, I hope I don't. I, I'm not trying to put any uh, any jinx or hex what, on it. What so. are the difficulties <laughs> in brewing a beer like that? I know we've talked about you know multi-step mashing and things like that on the show that are very difficult for me to understand decoction and all that stuff, but is is that the difficulty in it is the the process the the amount of steps I think that go into a process like that i think it's just making sure everything is done perfectly and the ingredients are as fresh as possible and you have the healthiest cleanest yeast that you know just to make them happy and right. it's yeah. just really attention to every little detail on those kind of beers like you know i, I i've talked a lot about pilsner and why i love pilsner because each one of those ingredients kind of steps forward at some point when you're drinking the beer and is there. You know, if, if one is off, the whole beer falls apart. You know, if everything from the yeast profile to the water to the malt to the hot, like it's all right there in your face and it all plays this equal part to it. So um, it's easy to see how one of those can throw things off. And I've, you know, we've all had those beers where one thing is off sure. and it just kind of falls apart for us. Um, 
in a bigger kind of Cincinnati picture, what's what's getting you guys excited here around town? This is for all three of you guys too. You know, just... I'll let you go first. What what's getting you excited about Cincinnati beer lately? Well, one thing I wanted to bring up, especially for Tafts, is that I've always been a Tafts drinker for you know as long as I've been able to find cans and. Uh, but with Nellie's, it was like I would drink it. This is a good beer, and I'd move on. And Gavel Banger, it was, this is a good beer. I drink it and move on. But over the summer, or maybe in the spring, when you released the uh, Colbera Cut, that that was which we have some here, which I'll probably move on to next. When I first had that beer, I was like, "Whoa!" Like, let's take a second to take this in. Um, if you guys want to talk about that for for a minute, that was that was kind of like one of your more recent releases that I had to like take a step back like I'm definitely going to enjoy this beer it's one I've enjoyed throughout the summer yeah uh, kind of an odd time to release it you know early summer like we did um, it had been really good for us in the past in that time slot um, but yeah people ask about it year round um, I don't think enough to make it a, a year round beer but uh, yeah we've brought it back every year around spring to early summer and that's a coconut brown yes so, a, yeah. Yeah. so it's not not over the top coconut it's no. not a coconut beer it's a brown that uses the coconut to kind of round out some more of those flavors I think you know it's uh, it kind of introduces a brown ale into summer. Yeah, and it, that's what yeah, I really like it, about it, that beer. It so. finds a way to create a dark summer beer very well, which, you know, when you're sitting around a campfire or something like that, you need something a little bit darker sure. after your whole day of drinking yeah. Yeah. Nellie's. And, uh, well, and actually, the two of them together, I hear people really like if you mix them. I don't know that I've ever tried that. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know that I'd ever think to try that. I wouldn't have, yeah. But that might either. be good. That's become a popular blend at the Ale House. Yeah, our, our bartenders have done a really cool job of promoting, like, oh, you think that's cool? Like, And they'll blend those two beers together, and, and people are kind of like, wow, that tastes like summer. And it's got that, that lime coconut kind of feel, but the, the maltiness of the brown ale with the kind of fruitiness of the, right. of the and crispness of the Nellies really kind of complements each other, so... So that doesn't offend you guys if people take something that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating and then mix it with something else into their own creation? I mean, I don't like the blend, but, you know, <laughs> if, if they're enjoying something we created, then that makes me happy. Well, and that's, you know, there's there's been those discussions around town. For, you know, I, the, the chugging group, I know, got a lot of flack when they uh, popped up of yeah. people being offended by people chugging their beers and... Um, this kind of falls into that category for me. It's like how, I, to me, if your entire life is revolving around creating something for people to enjoy, uh, let them let them enjoy it the way they want. I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, the palate is the preference, and uh, I like the fact that I mean, I've been to plenty of uh, brewing uh, get-togethers where, or uh, beer tasting get-togethers, excuse me, where we've save the last of each bottle to kind of pour into a glass and taste the cuvee of the night kind of thing so at the end of the day it's kind of like maybe maybe things can collaborate at the glass as opposed to collaborate at the brew house and that's kind of sense too well, it, so it opens up this whole other side of what craft beer is like it's not it doesn't just end when you 
you know, make the beer. It's it, it, there's a whole life after that of that beer of how it's enjoyed, where it's enjoyed, and um, it's almost like uh, chefs being offended if someone uses salt and pepper on their food or something like yeah. that. It's you know, everybody's palate's different if that's what they like, and. I had to tell them they can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not an A1 guy, but if uh, if somebody told me that they, I'm not allowed to put A1 on my steak, I would just make eye contact. Just... <laughs> Hopefully the steak is prepared enough that you, uh, in the right way that you don't need the A1. Exactly, okay. exactly. Well, yeah. But that's I guess that's the point, though. Like, Do you feel if somebody takes a beer that you've spent all that time in creating and they taste it and they're like, oh, this... You know what this needs? It needs this dumped into it. Or you know, my, my father-in-law is a notorious beer on ice person, and it drives me crazy because I think it just... Like added, ice in the beer? Yeah, like like ice, like actual ice cubes, yeah. Which, you know, right off the bat, all right, you're fine, but it very quickly to me goes downhill and turns into oh, this like horrible, watery instantly. mess. And But who am I to say if that's how he wants to enjoy his beer? But that, I guess that's that's I guess my point is it, it, I mean coming from a from someone who was more or less a primary production brewer right um, at my at the last brewery I was at and working at the alehouse like my philosophy was kind of and kind of put it into this analogy of like once you kind of send the beer off it's like you're sending your kid to college and you're like we just hope they come back as a you know, as an ups, upright citizen of you know of, uh, of our society, <laughs> right. but at the same time, it's like once they're sent off and they're 18 years old, they're kind of on their own. Like the kegs are on their own, and it's up to the customer to hopefully treat the product appropriately. But again, palate is preference, and um, I've I've gone to bars where I've been like taking a beer that I've brewed and with a brewery that somebody else has brewed a beer and be like, actually, I kind of want to see how those things blend together because those tastes would taste well together. At the end of the day, we want our product to be the product that it is, but um, at, but we don't want to uh, constrict anybody from having fun with enjoying their ability to that. They work their, their tail off to pay... They're, they're taking their hard-earned money and putting it into our product to enjoy. So I, hopefully they enjoy it responsibly and uh, they can kind of uh, come to us and go, that beer as itself was great, but I did it with this. That that was really cool, too, and that kind of makes us go, oh, well, we'll try that sometime. Right. So and Anything that kind of pushes that creative conversation to different places, I guess. I mean, I guess that's, that's what it's all about, right? Isn't that, you know... It, it, as much as the beer that's been created is something that's very beautiful and, and, and what it's supposed to be, if that beer just stays what it is forever, we, we stagnate and we are just stuck with that beer forever. Like it's, You want to keep pushing that conversation and keep pushing those ideas and those thoughts and stuff. So I, guess, yeah. I guess sometimes blending beer together is part of it. If we can keep craft beer in a continuous renaissance, then that's that's the best part of, of keeping craft beer alive, that's, in my opinion. Yeah, so. that, that, I think that speaks a lot right there. It, if anybody is into craft beer blending, you should go to Lucky Turtle. Frank is a freaking nut job <laughs> with it. He's crazy. <laughs> so, he will... He will uh, talk your ear off on his latest idea that he's got in his head about things blended together so if, if that's your thing the 5-6 blend <laughs> the 5-6 blend <laughs> uh, so going back to Cincinnati as a whole uh, what you know we, we talked a lot about kind of beer tourism and becoming a better beer city um, and this is again for, for everybody beer cat feel free to chime in here um, 
where are we falling short right now as a beer city? Like, what are we doing wrong that doesn't get us on every list of people talking about the best beer cities in the country? That's a great question. And honestly, I uh, I had just recently moved back to the Cincinnati area uh, in the, like the past like four months. Uh, so, I mean, I'm excited to get acquainted with some of the new places that are around that uh, were not here. Well, you know, when I got into craft beer like three years ago, um, you know, how we... I, I don't know. I don't think... I mean, in my opinion, and I'm obviously biased because you know, I'm a huge fan of the Queen City and everything in it, but I, I mean, I would put up our beer against anyone else in the United States. I mean, there's... Well, I think I think most people here in Cincinnati would say that. And that's... I guess that's what confuses me. Is why, why is that conversation not happening more outside of the city than it is in the city? I think that's just, uh, you know, we're a smaller Midwest city and Cincinnati's that's always it. been the underdogs. And, that's it. And... You know, we've had plenty of recognition uh, through you know, different... You know, list sites right. and you know all that kind of stuff, which is great. But and metal contention, yeah, especially. yeah. There's so. been yeah tons of metal winners. Tip of the hats to too. all the local breweries that have won medals in all you know World Beer Cup, Great American Beer Festival, U.S. Open Beer Championship, World Beer. Then uh, everybody's like pushing everything. the limits. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know when when you watch these you know, medal ceremonies from you know, especially in the last couple of years here, where you're sitting there and you're watching it, and it's just. Cincinnati Brewery, Cincinnati Brewery, Cincinnati Brewery, Ohio Brewery. Like it's there's there's so much happening here in this little pocket, and I, don't know, I, just, I still just feel like we aren't getting that. And maybe it is the underdog thing. Maybe I just feel like we're not getting the recognition that we deserve. I don't know. I think it is just because I mean it is the, a Midwest city, like you said, and it's it's just not as, as sexy as the West Coast, California or Colorado, and where there are more travel destinations. Right. So people are looking to go there try their beer while they're there you know what do we need to do like what what do we need to do to get people to want to come to cincinnati just for the beer i mean Asheville's nailed it and granted they've got a lot going on that's not just beer but still it's not a, it's not a big city i think There's... we just need to mature continuously like I, I think we're just getting started you know uh when i first started home brewing back in 2010 um, you know, uh, I had friends out in Denver that I would go visit, and they'd be like, oh, you're a home brewer, so we need to hit up all these different little, like, uh, just brew pub style breweries. And, you know, Asheville has always had its tenure. San Diego has always had its tenure, or California in itself has always had its tenure of just having quality good breweries. Michigan alone has in itself, you know, you got your Founders, your Bells, your Jolly Pumpkins, all those kind of breweries up there. Um, I think that we're still maybe in our sophomore or junior-esque kind of prowess as opposed to not being like the, the true senior or veterans of craft beer. But with these metal contentions that we're getting, or these metal uh, winners that we're getting both at Taft and with breweries around the, uh, around the city and the tri-state area and even in Ohio, um, I mean, what, I guess our our forefathers of craft beer are like the Great Lakes, and uh, even the Christian Moore lines. Like Greg Hartman's done a great job of trying to bring that brand back to Cincinnati and keep that as a focus. But um, just kind of, I mean, we're we're constantly getting recognition of of Cincinnati as a whole as being an, an art and a craft driven town. Whether it's music, whether it's uh, food and beverage hospitality, or um, whether it's uh, the arts themselves, visual arts, and, and uh, so I, I think 
bringing more people in that appreciate craft as a whole is what will kind of allow people to go back home and go, not only did I go to this town for a, a live music concert or to go check out an art exhibition, or but like, man, they make really good beer and their food's fantastic as well kind of thing. So. And I think, I think we've come a long way as well. I mean, if we look around this tailgate here right now, everyone, almost everyone has a, a craft beer in their hand. Um, and even more specifically, a local craft beer. I mean, if you look across the way, I, mean, I can see someone double fisting a truth right now. Uh, and, I, and when I was you a student, you go anywhere in the city of Cincinnati, you can see somebody double fisting a truth. Yeah, I mean, and when I was a student here for for or well, hold on, let me do some math real quick. Six years ago, I feel old all of a sudden. But th- I mean, that wasn't really a, a thing that was happening. If you walk down through here, you wouldn't see that. Right. So I think. As long as we, and we need to continue continue to grow internally in the city as well, and then it'll it'll overflow out and out I, from Cincinnati as I well. I think that's what's been really fun to watch too. You know, it's you know, Great American Ballpark got a big kind of nod for having a good craft beer selection a few years back, and I think they tried to, tried to keep you know going on that front a little bit at least. Nipper has a, a great uh, craft beer fantastic and, selection. Um, Paul Brown Stadium is kicking things in with craft beer now. Finally, a little bit harder, and uh, we saw 50 West is doing um, 16 ounce cans for Paul Brown this year. Like it's the, it's fun to see those other things, those other places that you can start pushing in craft beer. I think we're our our 16 ounce Nellies in Paul Brown. I don't know that. I I've only I haven't. I mean. I haven't maybe been to a Bengals yet. game to figure that out. I know. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been to a few Reds games and definitely see the tall, the tall cans right. for sure of Nellie's going around there. Uh, so I mean, I know recently here with with Nippert and with uh, FC Cincinnati, I know that craft beer I think is probably embraced a little harder with that crowd than it has been the oh, yeah, um, definitely the, the, the Bearcat side for a few years. But I think that's kind of helped turn things around too for, for what's happening I don't know it's it's just it's fun to watch um, we, we talked a little bit about the, the new light beers that are out there you know the garage beers and the, the Gita and stuff like that and I think that that it's really fun to see craft beer turning into these other sides of the market and saying hey if you're a beer drinker and this is what you want to drink like we can do that too and we can do it better you know sure. we can you know we can we can show you that the light beer can have a little more going on than just what Bud Light has going on. Which is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the uh, the conversation just as long as the conversation continues and we just keep uh, um, introducing people that are willing to come in and travel to especially sporting events. Like I, I definitely saw some A and M jerseys around here, and uh, hopefully they get uh, a a welcoming experience in our town as opposed to be like oh you're you're like you're the out of towner like coming to compete with us like well we get tons of people from out of town that come into the ale house i mean just a quick google search and the building alone is going to send tons um, of people there yeah i will go out on the limb and also say on record that 
the, the Brewporium has the best pizza in Cincinnati. Phenomenal pizza. <laughs> I, I wouldn't argue that. The best yeah. pizza in the city. And, you know, obviously, I actually had it last night. Obviously, yeah. the Ale House, if you I want a tri-tip pizza. sandwich, like that's <laughs> where you go for a fantastic steak sandwich. I don't know that there's a lot of places doing that menu. Like, there's pizza around every corner, and to be able to um, do what they're doing up there is pretty freaking phenomenal. And we'll have a, uh, a new updated menu at the Ale House uh, very soon. I don't know the exact date, but within the next month, I'd say. Hopefully, some of our favorites aren't going away. Then. <laughs> nah, not much is going away. Just an update. Well, that's we're not losing the tater tots. Hopefully, so <laughs> I love the tater tots. <laughs> there's there's something very brilliant about that menu, though. Too like if if you go in there and you have something on the menu that you love and it does get bumped off the menu, they can probably still make it. Like it's it's a very and we've updated the menu before and had to drop a couple things, but. They can almost always still make it. If anybody hasn't been to the Ale House, so, and this is probably a question that you guys won't answer, but when when people ask me, you know, I'm coming in from out of town and need to go to as many breweries as I can, you know, where do I have to go? Oh, no, we, we let them know all the time. Um, and Ryan Geist is usually the first one we say because it's like a block over and three or four blocks up. Yeah, yeah. Easy, what is, easy walking distance. What is it? Excluding walking distance and that kind of stuff, what is your what is your kind of roundabout picture of what Cincinnati craft beer is? If you could throw together five breweries and say this is what Cincinnati beer is, uh, out of the fifty, that's. <laughs> uh, I'll give you one that I've enjoyed a lot, and it's uh, just right down the street from me is Brink Brewing. Uh, they make some really good stuff, really good people. Walking distance from my house, even better. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, even when I was at uh, a a former brewery, I uh, I always I was. You can probably say what it was. Well, I mean, I was at Blankslate Brewing Company, but even at Blankslate Brewing, like I was a huge fan of Taps because they were making really good quality beers, um, and I was. I'm always a stickler for consistency of those specific brands that they are bringing out, and that's one thing that attracted me to want to be a part of this company was um, was the fact that like they're consistent, it's quality, they're true to style, and then they even go a little off-centered. Like you know, we just brewed Gore to Death, which is our uh, pumpkin seed. That answered uh, the question I was going to ask you. Automail kind of thing. So anti pumpkin ale. Anti pumpkin ale. Um, so it 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 was kind of it's it was nice to see that. Um, breweries with or a brewery that had tenure at other breweries bring their experiences on and do that and it was and the camaraderie of being friends with Pat for years and then being able to be a co-worker with Pat has been um, kind of a great thing it's very comfortable to kind of come on to that kind of thing for me I, I live on the east side um, I'm uh, I'm basically tucked between Madtree and 50 West so I, gr- I gravitate to those breweries a lot and that's that's more or less just because of location and friendship that I've I've gained with breweries around there as well. Um, but I mean, you know, I gotta give a shout out to Brink. I gotta give a uh, shout out to Fredport Brewing Company. Like they're in the first year and they're already meddling, and that's that's rather impressive in the sense. And the idea is like, I hopefully that those breweries can maintain consistency in those products throughout the throughout the years to come, so that they can say that um, that they can meddle continuously. And that's one thing we're excited about with GABF coming up. With the, the, we've got new beers that we're putting into metal contention, but we're really hoping that uh, like beers like Gustav and other beers like that can kind of hold their ground and, and, and the metal contention as well. So, um, But it, 
when we talk about 50 different breweries around town, like I can honestly say that I haven't even gone to the 25 newest ones. And it's not a matter of not wanting to um, embrace those breweries. It's a matter of I'm hoping that I can go to a, a local restaurant that I always go to that's in driving or walking distance and hopefully see them on, on draft. So We talked about that, I think, last week on the show, maybe the week before, about the importance of places like Easy's Bottle Lodge or Cappy's or Jungle Gyms, these places where you can walk in and have, you know, 40 taps of local beer, a lot of it local beer, and say, hey, well, this is that place that's new that I may not be able to drive to on a Saturday because you know, I have a, in my case a 19 month old terrorist that lives in my home you know there's lots of things that make it hard to to get out and to go and, you know somebody who lives in Butler County you know to the other side of the world you know which would be, you know Claremont County or something you know it's, sometimes it's hard to make that drive so um, to have those places that can expose you to a, a wider range of what's going on is, uh, I think, going to be even more important in the next, um, next, I guess, stage of growth of uh, what our beer scene is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Actually, uh, um, you were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, how much you liked uh, Streetside's Raspberry Beret. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And Dutch's Larder, or Dutch's Bar has it on draft right now. I just had it yesterday, and I was just like, man, yeah, that hit the that hit the spot. It was a delicious, delicious beer. So I like, um, I definitely, I, I can definitely say of every brewery that I've had locally, there's something in that brewery that I very much enjoyed. And the idea is I hopefully that they can continue to keep that consistency, hopefully keep the employees there that can keep that consistency and, and the culture of camaraderie and um, excellence can kind of be achieved in that as well, too. So I'm, I'm, I was really excited to, to finally be able to taste that beer, even though I have had the opportunity to go to Streetside many a times to try it, but it's just, you know, things, you're just all, you're doing things in life that just don't always get you to where you want to be so but yeah i i um i'm excited to see that we have this big boom um but yeah it's just like we've just got to continue to uh just take care of each other and also just i like the fact that we have these like rubber boot societies where everybody's kind of um getting together talking about techniques just just shooting just you know just shooting the breeze when it comes to all these different uh, concepts of how are you achieving this? How is your system operating? And can our system do the same thing that you guys are doing in order to achieve that kind of, especially with the hazy IPA thing? We're seeing breweries that are getting that haze, but is it something that we can accomplish? Right. And is the haze the what we want to accomplish, or is the juicy to kind of bring it all back to that juicy IPA kind of thing? So when it's it's interesting to see as as this scene keeps growing, you know the the camaraderie and like the the tight knitness of of the the craft beer scene was was a very unique and special thing when there were you know, seven breweries and it was almost easy to do it then. And as things grow, it's interesting to watch how you keep that going and how you find new ways to foster that kind yeah. of that community side of it without everything tearing itself apart and everybody you know, turning on each other. And, oh, you're an asshole. No, you're an asshole. <laughs> You know, as things grow, there's going to be assholes, and there's going to be places that piss each other off. And um, I think it's important. It's important to, to to remember like what 
craft beer is really about. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to see as we are at 50-whatever breweries in Cincinnati, depending on how you... Well, every... I mean, I've been to enough bars in, in my uh, drinking tenure to know that you're going to run into assholes, but I think what keeps you coming back to certain places that you enjoy drinking is that you're, it's not the assholes, it's the conversations that you have and the, the people that you meet that you never thought you would have a conversation with. Right. And, uh, the diversity is really nice. The uh, the where are you from? Oh, you're not from here? We recommend this, we recommend that, we recommend that. But uh, hopefully that person can take our recommendation, go to another place, and meet a completely different person that recommends something completely uh, different from what we were saying so that it's not just so bottlenecked towards uh, one one opinion that you get. So. Uh, especially with the ale house, like I feel like we get a lot of people that get off the plane, and I almost feel like it comes from the airport that they're like, oh, you, or the Uber drivers or the Lyft drivers that are just kind of like, like, oh yeah, you gotta check out Taft's Ale House. It's a beautiful church. Like, and I mean, I, I, I am very blessed to be able to brew in such a beautiful, beautiful place. It's gotta like if you just look at the actual brewing space, the room that you guys brew in. <laughs> Like it's 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 mind blowing how beautiful <laughs> it's like it's it's stupidly beautiful like it's um, it really is like in your head when we, and I've never gotten the chance to go you know overseas to Belgium or Germany or any of these you know historic brewing countries and in my head that's the way I picture every brewery over there like these this ornate tile and like this is a beautiful place and like I know that's probably not what it's actually like but. When you walk in there, it feels like this was always meant to be here. This was that um, that heritage that people talk about. Cincinnati having that brewing heritage. If you walk in, you're like, oh yeah, well, here it is. You know, here's this the space that you know some you know brewmaster in 18 whatever was here making beer and said, well, no, but hey. That it captures, the but it's still a very holy place. Still, so. <laughs> it's definitely still a holy place. No, we were like when you're talking about like what's the hardest part of like working at the Hell House is like besides you know just recipe development and just trying to figure out whether we can achieve the first batch to be what we want it to be. Off of the gorgeous time. <laughs> it, it's it's more or less asking a, a customer, excuse me, I'm trying to get from the brew house to the fermentation room. Just so, like it's, it's just being polite be enough. Sometimes. Yeah, like sometimes you're just in a hustle run and and that's not the place you just want to uh, you know. Run right down because right. there's kids everywhere. So was, it's just kind of one of those like, just make sure that there's customers that you don't want to bump into, but at the same time, just kind of like, we're here still doing our job. I was I was out so. at a, at Jackie O's this summer and was sitting in the brew pub there, and somebody came and tapped me on the shoulder and said, "I just want you to know, I just I have to run a hose underneath your bar stool, so just be careful when you get down, and because they have got fermenters in the in the front of the space versus the brewery in yeah. the back, and they literally just." run a hose through the middle of the brew pub and kind of just tell everybody, like, hey, there's a hose. <laughs> there's something that's also... Like, I'm glad we have process piping and <laughs> yeah. don't have to run hoses all over the place. <laughs> there's something charming about it, though, too. Like, sure, the, yeah. like as, a, as a beer fan, you know, like, my wife would, like, running a hose under my chair, honey. We, we need to go over to B-dubs across the street or something like that. My wife wouldn't understand the, uh, the charm of it. Um... Going back to kind of Tafts and what's going on with you guys, um, let's talk about the, 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 the barrel side, the, um, 
kind of the, the funky side. I know that you guys have a barrel program that exists. We don't see a lot from it, though, especially um, you know, packaging. I know that there was yeah, some issues early on with uh, with packaging. but Yeah, we, uh, we took a little bit of a hiatus, especially on the packaging side um, with the barrels. Uh, just to kind of get our feet under us and you know the new place was opening and, and all that and just we wanted we had to make sure all of that was going um you know according to plan and yada yada uh but we have several things in barrels right now um can't talk a ton about them just yet um but there should be uh an announcement in the next couple of months about one. And if you get on to the website, there's a, and I assume you can still log in and sign up for the Founding Fathers. I um, believe so, yes. You get kind of first dibs at all of these fun releases. You definitely get first notice of them um, in your email. um, It's basically a a newsletter, and um, you'll get some, um, some like, early access things and, I believe, some discounts during special events and whatnot. So it's worth it to sign up. Especially if you like those fun releases. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, pulling nails is a fun thing that we as brewers get to do, and we definitely have been just evaluating each of the beers that we have in the barrels, and it's just up to us, like... um, so, and that's just a matter of like, okay, now's the time, now's the time, now's the time. And the beer, the barrels haven't been aged for that. Uh, that's significant, significant amount of time. But, um, but we're really interested in, in making sure that we're just like, okay, this is good, this is good. And then how do we evaluate that problem? So, uh, or how do we evaluate like going about blending those back in and that kind of thing? So that's that's always the fun thing about the barrel program and uh, and it's also about releasing it at the right time you know like do you release a Russian imperial stout in the dead of summer so that people can enjoy it in the winter time or can we age that appropriately where it can be drank fresh but also you can kind of put it in your cellar and enjoy that as well so who, who guides that ship as far as the barrel side of things go we all really kind of do. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty collaborative, I'd say. Yeah. Like, we more or less, uh, we'll get a, uh, a heads up from Ryan or Jared about, like, hey, we're going to do another barrel evaluation. And we all come together and taste and take our notes. And then we kind of talk about whether um, it's ready or just how, from past notes we've taken, just how our palates and our thresholds have kind of um, matured and how the beer has really come come to what it is as a present, I guess is the best way to describe it. So, But yeah, it's, um, we as a, a small brewing team, we definitely do our best to make sure that we can all be there at times. Like Sometimes we've got, oh, I can't make it, but don't hold me. Like I trust all of you guys. So we, we all trust each other's palates. It's just a matter of us really together determining whether we're going to pull the trigger to get those barrels emptied or just let them continue to breathe in and breathe out kind of thing. So. Seems like a very stressful job to me to like say, oh, yeah, this is it. This is where it's at its prime. Or, like, I, I feel like I would I would always like, I, I don't know. Like Maybe maybe it's going to keep going. Maybe it'll it's, change one. It's difficult. It, uh, it takes a lot of thought, for sure. What is coming up fun that you guys are allowed to talk about? Uh, we're doing a harvest party soon in uh, commemoration of the Bruporians' first anniversary. 
So we don't have all the final details about that, but I can at least say that we've got a harvest theme party coming up in late October. I believe so. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about that right now as just a, a company and just how to organize it. And then through social media, we'll bring out more details as that comes out. I so. assume we'll be able to drink some gourd to death at this harvest party. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're also having a uh, Stein hoisting at the Brew Porium and the Ale House this coming week. Um, so if you kind of Oktoberfest celebration-ish, I don't know if you're about to say it's in collaboration with Oktoberfest. No, no, no. But it's, uh, timing works out good for everything. It, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of Oktoberfest celebrating going on around town. Um, you guys did Oktoberfest yep. um, this year, which is, um, again, one of my favorite uh, fest beers. Um, I wish more people understood the fest beer, Marzen kind of balance and difference and um, fantastic and I love 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 the cans with the leader hose with yeah. the bulge yeah <laughs> when you pointed out I was like oh my god I didn't even catch that <laughs> uh, real uh, quick while he's here yeah. uh, so where we are set up today it is the uh, we are tailgating live uh, like you said but it is the the den which right. is an official uh, tailgating uh, group here uh, as a the den uh, does a lot more than just tailgating too right well I think uh, we could turn this over to Brandon here who is I don't know if he's the the leader of the den we'll go ahead and we'll give him that official title den leader. <laughs> to maybe uh, talk a little more about that my mom was my den leader in Cubs Dallas. <laughs> All right, yeah, I don't know if this is a, a, a welcome or a, or a goodbye, but it's definitely we'll see you next week because we do this at, at every game where we're so happy to have you guys do this live at our tailgate setup. Um, the Den is about four years old. It's just a community of Bearcats fans. If you think about it, like the soccer fan groups, not as intense, but, you know, we, we, we do things throughout the year. Um, we're working with Taps this year. So we, we're featuring their beer here, at, 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 which is fantastic. We appreciate it. Thank like you very much. Like everything yeah. you put out is absolutely fantastic. Along with that, we are doing watch parties at the Brewporium, along with the, the Bearcat Journal, so one of the online news sources for Bearcat fans. So we're working together on that. Um, I know we're getting in the weeds here on craft beer and whatnot. We have plenty of it here. And uh, my favorite, honestly, right now is that that nebulosity is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, it's still you know my Devil Banger is my go-to IPA, but that keep putting that out. That's awesome. Awesome, yeah. Devil uh, Banger. Uh, I guess again before I joined the company, Devil Banger was my favorite IPA in the city. I very much. I'm a huge fan of Mosaic and Honey Malt, and that's one of the two of the primary ingredients that go into that beer, uh, or not primary, but just complementary right. ingredients, I should say. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you guys keep coming back, I'll learn a little bit more about what's coming into my <laughs> into my mouth. Um, well, I do want to say one more thing, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. We're on all the social medias. We welcome any one that's out there. If you're just a fan of college football and you don't feel like driving to Columbus. Um, or if you're a Bearcats There's fan, a team in Columbus? I, I, I've, I've heard. <laughs> I've, I've heard. Yeah. Um, it's at thedenuc.com. We have five more tailgates left, and we welcome anyone that wants to come and hang out. It's killer setup. Like this, uh, when I when I walked up and saw what you guys have going on over here, it uh, 
we've, we've had season tickets for the Bearcats for years and never took part in the whole tailgating scene, and this is starting to make me question why we aren't doing that, because this is really freaking fun. I mean, I don't want to say life-changing, but it sounds like this is a life-changing moment for you. It's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to talk about the setup we got here, um, if you do come down and you don't go to the website or, or whatnot, it's just in your audio ear holes, we are at the northeast corner of the Sigma Sigma Commons, right next to the big glass dorms. Very hard to miss. That's you can see your reflection in them. Yeah. We have a black trailer that has a TV on it, speakers, bunch of tents. Um, it's hard to miss us, so we hope to see you uh, at the den. Yeah. Um, if you find yourself down here, stop by, because it's really cool. Thank you guys for having us. I could... Uh, Again, the, the, the atmosphere of the show, I think, is, is pretty unique as far as anything else we've done. <laughs> I think there's uh, one more plug I could make uh, if we're about to send off. Um, something that Pat and I have been working on in the last couple of months. We're doing uh, these new Nelly's variants for our Nelly's tap room down at the uh, at the Ale House. All right, and uh, he literally just picked some fresh lemon balm from his garden. And both of him and I are kind of foodies, and we both enjoy like growing our own herbs and vegetables at our own uh, at our households. So he picked some fresh lemon balm. So we're kind of doing like a lemon lime uh, variant that's going to be uh, coming on uh, this Tuesday, the 18th, at the Nelly's. It's going to be exclusively at the Nelly's tap room. So we invite you down there. Downstairs. So when you go to, um, it's our street the, side yeah, bar is the best to, way to describe it. That, that, so. that street, street level. entrance right yeah, there. Street level. So we're, that's one thing that we're working on. We're just kind of seeing if we can get um, people that are uh, craft aficionados as well as just foot traffic that are interested in just seeing that we're we're able to do these like really cool infusions, and we'll try to keep the the Nelly's variants as progressive to the seasons and complementary to the seasons and that's kind of another fun challenge that we're both doing too and the fact that we can use even backyard not even just fresh local ingredients to be able to incorporate that into it is something that we're really really happy well, about now that we had the discussion about clever cut and nelly's i feel like some toasted coconut shoved into a, a keg would be pretty tasty <laughs> i could do that yeah i'm down for that so yeah. these are like like one-off kegs you know kind of yeah just one half just barrel. barrel come and get it we're uh, we're tapping it uh live tuesday and uh we, you know, just drink it up. So uh, the price point isn't going to be uh, anywhere substantial to what it is by the fresh infusions. But um, it's just something that we're just trying to do a little bit of a twist down at that bar, um, especially for the after hours crowds and, and the happy hour crowds as well, too. So um, kind of take home a Nelly's with you, but get a really rare twist on what special we can do Nellies. to Nelly's like as well, too. Nelly's Tapper and why is there special Nelly's? Yeah, Nellies. we did a really good uh, ripe papaya and dragon fruit just recently that mango that, or mango excuse me champagne mango I keep saying papaya I'm the one that bought the mangoes too I know <laughs> but uh, this lemon balm one I'm really excited about because it came from his garden they smelled fantastic and they tasted even better um, so we're really looking forward to see how that infusion comes out as well fun. So. and I um, I try to keep up on all this stuff on minarlynome.com and um, as things get announced and as I catch them, I will definitely pass on stuff. So feel free to shoot me an email anytime you guys have uh, sure. a tapping that's happening and let me know because it makes my life a whole lot easier than trying to wade through all <laughs> 54 breweries that I write about. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, Beer Cat, thank you for the invite. This, is, uh, this has been fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I, thank you very much. I am glad to finally be a part of the show. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Uh, 
if we can throw out uh, official predictions for today's game, I think uh, go Bearcats. I think the Bearcats win big today, thirty-five to three. Uh, I have no idea what Alabama's A and M team is, so I'm just gonna hope for the shutout. So, yeah, so that sounds reasonable. <laughs> I think so. Our defense is looking looking as good as it has been in quite some time, and today the offense will start to click. I think. I think watching um, how the Bengals have been playing recently, I think, uh, means that Cincinnati sports are on a streak now, and we are just gonna keep going with it. And um, the Bearcats are gonna do their part. It's crazy what we can accomplish when we have a coach that cares about the record. So, so shout out to Luke Fickle. Guys, thank you. Oh, thanks show. for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Go Bearcats. Um, and so for anybody who, like I said, has not been to either the Ale House or the Briforium, um, why haven't they been there, number one? And number two, go there because they offer two very unique uh, sides of what a brewery can be. Uh, the Brewporium kind of falls more into what you think of when you think of a craft beer tap room. You know, lots of big warehousey space, but still lots of things to do. Lots of little beautiful touches that they put in there. That, and the pizza. And that damn pizza. And the ale house. The beer you, cheese. Yeah, that too. Let's not forget the beer cheese. <laughs> if you are taking a date somewhere, the ale house is probably your place to go because she'll think it's a restaurant and really you're taking her to a brewery. <laughs> I, uh, trick my wife on that on a regular basis. I take her to places and tell her we're going to a restaurant. But really, it's a brewery. So, thank you guys. Pass Ale House. Hit them up on all of their social media channels and uh, the website and all of that stuff. And um, tell them what you want your Nellies infused with. Bug them with all your ideas. And uh, the Beer Cat. GoBeerCats.com and GoBeerCats on Instagram and Twitter. There's probably not many Beer Cats around, so you'll find them. Pretty easy to find. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft.